1: Come. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hoach? Hey. Oh, OG. From CHGO, it's Adam Ho. And from the Athletic, it's Adam
2: Johns. It's one of the craziest games that I've covered live. That yeah, crazy for me.
3: I feel like how many times a season do we say that? <laughs> yeah, but
2: this one, like, I know. In the red zone. I'm, I'm not disputing what you're zone. saying.
3: I'm just like, how does this franchise keep doing this? Anyway, uh, who cares? Here they are. The Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns with you as we are already into week 10. Three and six bears with a winnable opportunity. Johnsy, they're, they're favored this week. We're not used to that. First time,
2: long time. I think they are favored against
3: Washington. Time.
2: They were favored as much. Yeah. Not by much though. No, I think it
3: was like one and a half or something. Yes. Yes. Oh, I think we hit it as a pickup. Maybe by the end of it. I think it opened as them being favored though. Regardless, this doesn't happen much. Probably the Texans too. So probably the third time this season the Bears have been favored going into game day. They are a three-point favorite against the Detroit Lions.
2: As we the say lions on these podcast, the lions? No, we don't say it that we say the lions are the lions. We don't go Detroit. The-
3: <laughs> no, that's what I was about to say. The lions are the lions. You lions, you actually finished my sentence there.
2: But well, then you but then here. you ruined it. That is synergy.
3: Well, it was until you ruined it. <laughs> Fine, whatever. Uh Johns and I are kind of grumpy at each other this week. There's a lot on the line. Okay. If we're if we're just being honest. Our alma mm. maters are playing in the quarterfinals. IHSA state playoff 6A. And uh, I don't like him right now. So that's that's no, basically no. Yeah.
2: No, not at all. You could take your wolf pack triple option and keep it.
3: I actually agree with you on that one. That's not my they run it well though. They do. It's pain in the ass well, to the stop when you more,
2: if you're Yes, it's the Saint Ignatius Wolfpack versus Notre Dame down six eight quarterfinals, and Adam Hoag's team runs the triple option quite well.
3: All right, first of all, it's not my team. He, I he coach at Carmel Catholic.
2: All right, let that be very clear.
3: And um, you know, I but I still do obviously pay attention to what my alma is doing. Again, I said this before; they didn't have a football team when I was there. That's so true. So this is just like weird to me that now I drive down Roosevelt past the school at St. Ignatius and there's a football field like a they they built the stadium it's not really a stadium it's the track and everything was still there but they put in the turf when I was a senior they started the program when I was a senior but it was for freshmen only they built it up um now it's, it's pretty pretty incredible what they're what they're doing there um but like the facilities and all this stuff John's when I was there man those are those were legitimately high-rises, like, projects. Um, and now it's just, like, this massive athletic thing. Their basketball team's amazing. So Notre Dame wasn't really a rivalry, though, for us when I was there.
2: We weren't in the same conference. No, no. Well, that's when they joined the two Catholic school divisions into, into one. Yeah. That's why you have St. Ignatius and Notre Dame. Well, they still haven't played each other. They played in the, in the quarterfinals. I want to say... Like five years ago, five or six years ago, Notre Dame won like 14 to seven. But that was at Notre Dame. This one is at Ignatius. Wait, behind minute. your school. I thought last year was Ignatius'
3: first playoff win.
2: No, no, I mean, they like, won some. No, they they beat Mount Carmel for the first time like ever. That was the big one.
3: Yeah, I still thought there was something last year, though, with the, when they won their playoff game.
2: But I'll trust you on that one. You you
3: probably would definitely know more than me. But uh, shout out to Matt Miller, the head coach at Ignatius, doing a great job. And um should be a fun game Saturday. If I was in town, I would go with you. Are you
2: going? I am, I am going. It's going to be cold, but I'm going. Have you been to a game there? I've been to weddings there. Oh, yeah. It's the same. It's a wedding venue, too.
3: Same. I was in a wedding there. Um, it's so weird when they're they're holding wedding receptions in your cafeteria. Yeah. Well, it's but a nice cafeteria. It's a nice cafeteria. Um, this, it's a cool venue, though, for football because like the Sears Tower is like right there. And it's a cool it's a cool setting. So you'll enjoy it. You want to make the, your picks later? Or until there? the final score. Uh,
2: but, yeah, yeah. What, what yeah are we we'll bet? do that. We'll I'll do later, that later. later.
3: OK, yeah. Uh, how about Justin Fields? NFC Offensive Player of the Week.
2: You know, that feels like a moral victory. I'm not into moral victories, but when you lose a game, 35 to 32, and your player gets the NFC player of the week, like that's a moral victory. That makes you feel good about what he's doing, what your offense is doing. It's a meaningless yeah. award.
3: <laughs> I was going to say, um, do you remember who the last NFC offensive player of the week was for the Bears? No.
2: Oh, Mitch Trubisky. No, don't care. In it 2018. was 2018. Yeah. Which was it the Buccaneers game? I don't think so. I think it was in December of 2018.
3: He didn't get it for six touchdowns against the Buccaneers. Well, he may have, but that would have been before. That may have been before. Well, because that was earlier in the season. I think he won it in December. Oh, like the last. Okay. I know what you're saying. Uh, Timeline. I don't know which game it would have been, though. Maybe the Packer win. I don't know. Maybe I read that wrong. But regardless, uh, Justin Fields is your NFC Offensive Player of the Week, and I feel like it might not be the last time. Maybe this season it is, but going forward, I think... uh, Maybe this week with this matchup. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Um, Should we jump into it? That's what we're here for. Bears and Lions. Um, The Lions aren't... They're interesting. They're more interesting than they usually are you know, hard knocks was entertaining. Dan Campbell's entertaining. I just don't know how good they really are. And their defense is just as bad as the bears defense. Although DVOA actually thinks the lions defense is better. We'll find out. <laughs> I don't, the bears defense to me, it shouldn't be this bad, but, uh, I I'm, I'm, Big question I have is actually how good this Lions' offense is. So we have questions, and Colton Pouncy has answers. He covers the Lions for the Athletic, and we'll bring him in now. All right, let's bring in Colton Pouncy. You can follow him on Twitter at Colton underscore Pouncy. Covers the Lions. Of, used to cover Michigan State, uh, Chicago guy too. Aurora guy. You know he's yeah. he's in the vicinity. He's a homecoming for him as he comes back for this. Uh, Lions-Bears game. What's going on, Colton?
1: Nothing much, man. Got a couple more days here. Uh, excited to see some friends and family when I get home for this game. And uh, First time at Soldier Field actually covering a game, so that'll be actually pretty cool for me. What's
2: it like for a, a Chicago guy to <laughs> cover the, 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 first the Lions? All, first of all, don't get too man. excited about covering a game at Soldier Field. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Come on! It's his first one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the press yeah. box that you're currently in in Detroit is much better. So is the, yes. the food, but okay. um, <laughs> covering all things lions Uh, I'm curious what is that like as a as as a Chicago kid like what's that like
1: yeah honestly I mean I I put my fandom aside like years ago so it's not that hard um honestly the tough part is dealing with Lions fans because they're 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 passionate base but they're not used to winning and so when they do get a win sometimes there's a little bit of overreaction sometimes there's a lot of pessimism and kind of just like they're kind of jaded sometimes which is understandable but uh It's been fun covering this team. I'm they're they're a young team in the NFL. Um, They're still a couple years into the rebuild, so you know I think you can see a light at the end of the tunnel for this franchise, and the fans kind of see that too. But in the meantime, it's kind of a struggle (laughs) some some weeks here and there. But uh, overall, it's been good for me. I think. What's it like
3: covering Dan Campbell? And uh, (laughs) yeah, is is he is he getting enough of a leash this year? Because I feel like the overall record still been a little bit disappointing compared to, I think the step a lot of people are like, like, is he still going to get that patience that he should probably get still in a second year?
1: I think he will. Um, The owner, uh, Sheila Fordham came out a few weeks ago and just kind of vouched for him and and GM Brad Holmes and said, look, when we started this thing, this was a complete tear down after Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn. Um, We knew it was going to be a long rebuild. Um, You know, Dan Campbell got a six year contract when he was hired I think Brad Holmes was a five-year contract. So they kind of knew going into this, this would take some time to kind of flip the roster. Um, the roster is already vastly different than it was even a couple of years ago. So they're getting some of their own guys in here, but there's still just not enough talent. Um, I think they realize, you know, we got to build through the draft. We've only had you know two drafts here, um, with Brad Holmes in place, and a lot of those guys are still young, um, still kind of finding their way in this league. So they knew going into it it was it would take some time. Um, I think. Probably the frustrating part for fans is that they've lost some close games. Um, you know, they are leading that Vikings game in September, uh, I think until the final minute, and then they kind of collapsed and lost twenty twenty four 24 um, against the Seahawks, which the Seahawks ended up being a pretty, good, pretty decent team this year. Um, they gave up 48 points, and they scored 45. And most weeks you expect to win when you put up 45. So that was another disappointing one. So they've had some games here where, you know, they've lost. They've been right in it, but they haven't been able to kind of finish and come through at the end. That's why I think this this recent game over the Packers, the, the win there last Sunday, that was a step in the right direction. You know, they picked off Aaron Rodgers three times. A lot of people were happy about that win just because they like the Packers. Um, but I also thought it was nice to win one of those close games for Dan Campbell. And, you know, honestly, the schedule here going forward, they've got some winnable games. Um, it was a little bit more tougher in the beginning, the first half, but I think the second half kind of allows um, and kind of sets up for some wins here down the stretch. So if he gets a few, a few more here, I think he's in good shape. I think they would have to go like, one and sixteen for your <laughs> I guess two and two and uh, fifteen right now for them to kind of really lose his job or be on the hot seat there. But I think they also realize like, you know, we're gonna give him some more time to kind of see what he can do here. Take us
2: through that win over the Packers because we were following it in the press box at Soldier Field because Aaron Rodgers was getting intercepted in the red zone, which is unheard Doesn't of. Happen. No, yeah. it does not happen. Aiden Hutchinson <laughs> got one of them. Like, how did the, the Lions do it?
1: Yeah, so the first one was kind of a uh, I don't want to call it a fluke, but it's kind of a fluke. It bounced off of, um, Derek Barnes' the linebacker's helmet, uh, kind of popped up in the air, perfectly landed in Kirby Joseph' uh, his arms. Like the, he's their third round rookie safety. He's had a really good season so far. He kind of stepped in for Tracy Walker, who went down with a torn Achilles in September. So he's kind of stepped in. He ha- he actually picked off Rodgers twice in this game. Another one kind of deep over the middle. Um, really, really, you know, exciting player. He went to Illinois, so you know he's a Illinois guy from from that school and. He's got some really good ball skills, former wide receiver in college for a little bit there. Um, So they like him a lot. He picked off Rodgers twice in the red zones. I think the second red zone interception was Hutchinson when he kind of they tried to pass it to like their left tackle. And uh Hutchinson read the whole way, <laughs> dropped that? back into coverage. Yeah, I, it was really it strange, was underthrown. But, yeah. Like underthrown. Bakhtiari
2: looked confused. Yeah. <laughs> so Packers. So, uh, like it. <laughs> Yeah. We, we've Hutchinson covered so many Packers. Packers games. It. Yeah, It's wild.
1: Yeah. I don't know man. Rodgers did not look like the same player. He looks a little broken here so I don't know. We'll see.
3: Well, that's why I want to ask you since you were at the game because I think a lot of people uh as much as people in Chicago are celebrating Justin Fields right now, they're also celebrating the demise of the Green Bay Packers at the <laughs> same time. And yeah. you know, I, it it seemed like they still were able to move the ball and put up yards and but they just kept turning the ball over in the uh the, the red zone. So that's why I want to ask you did it look like it was just like a few bad plays that it's stalled out some good drives, or or does Rogers really look like he's he's declining?
1: I mean, I saw some pretty, pretty poor throws from him. Um, like two of his interceptions, or one of the interceptions was underthrown the one to Hutchinson. He also had a play that was kind of tipped by Kirby Joseph, like one-handed falling backwards. If Rogers leads that a little bit more, that's a touchdown, and they might end up winning that game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw a lot of underthrown balls from him. It looked like he was just kind of going through the motions. The body language wasn't good. He's kind of like getting into it with his teammates out there. Um, And they're three and six. So I think that kind of says it all. Like things are not going well for them right now. Rodgers doesn't really look like he's present. He looks like he was kind of checked out to me. Um, You know, part of that was they lost some guys in that game. Uh, They had a lot of injuries, but at the same time, like that does not look like a good team. And I don't know how much longer he's going to be there, man. Like it's, I, I think you can start to say that might be the, the the beginning of the end for him, especially with what's gone over what's gone on over there the last couple of years. That's something.
2: That's something. I, That's I feel like uh,
1: <laughs> you made
2: a lot of happy podcast listeners with with, with that. Um, the Lions don't have a good defense, but they shut down the, the Packers, uh, obviously. Yeah. But you mentioned the Seahawks game; they're thirty second in yards, I believe, thirty second in points. How do you like their matchup or what they could do against a quarterback who is very different than Aaron Rodgers and Justin Fields?
1: Yeah, I mean, what Fields brings to the table with his legs, I think that should probably scare the Lions because they haven't had a lot of success against mobile rushing quarterbacks. I remember uh, the preseason game, they played the, the Falcons with Mariota and Desmond Ritter, and they gave up, I think, 80 rushing yards. and like A lot of it came on third down where you had everything set in front of you, but you just couldn't get off the field. And I think we all said then, like, they're going to have some issues with Jalen Hurts in week one. And that kind of played out the way we thought it would. Um, he kind of gashed him on third down. Even when everything looked like it was bottled up, good coverage downfield, he can just kind of escape and make something happen with his legs. Um, Dan Campbell said after the game that, you know, it's one of those things where you just have to kind of get out there and experience a, a, a rushing and mobile quarterback. Um, for a lot of these young guys like Aiden Hutchinson, Malcolm Rodriguez, or linebacker, haven't really experienced that at the NFL level. Um, so he said then that we'll be you know ready for it next time we face a guy like that, and I think the, next, the, the you know the closest thing that they're going to see to Jalen Hurts is Justin Fields, and you know I'm not really sure that that's you know improved a lot in the last you know however many weeks. Like I think that's still going to be an issue for them, and the fact that he had 178 rushing yards. Like I was in the press box watching that in the Lions game, um, like sitting next to Nick Baumgartner, and I was like. Yeah, he's going to gash him next week. <laughs> so uh, I, I really don't know if they're going to have an answer for his legs. It seems like they're kind of using him on some more design runs versus just yeah. letting him scramble, which is good because you got to you know make the most of his legs there. But um, honestly, like I think that could be a tough matchup for the Lions. Just the the threat that he has, even if you have things bottled up, even if you like your coverage on the outside, he can just erase everything you've done on the field. So that'll be a tough one.
3: I think what we're trying to figure out is you know the state of the.
0: Hey, nah.
3: Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> the Sort of the state of the Lions offense, because they got off to, I mean, they were putting up some huge points, 40-point games early on in the season. Um, at least from afar, it looks like they've slowed down a little bit. Is that accurate? Um, and, and what do you attribute that to?
1: Yeah, I think when the Lions offense was all healthy and together, um, you kind of saw it coming together. Even in, in training camp, they looked good. Part of, us, part, you know, part of the conversation for us is, are they actually a good offense? Or are they just playing against a really bad defense and training camp? Like, we didn't really know going into the season, but they kind of proved it the first couple of weeks there. And then things fell apart because of injuries. You know, DeAndre Swift missed three games. Um, he returned, but he, now he's kind of on a pitch count. And, you know, they're kind of working him back in. I think he only had like six touches in the last game, something like that. Um, DJ Chark, one of the wide receivers they signed this offseason, he's been on IR. He's kind of like the vertical threat on this team. He hasn't been around. Obviously they traded TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings and now Josh Reynolds, I think he's dealing with a back injury. You know, he missed the last game. We'll see about, you know, his status this week. I'm not really sure he's going to give it a go, but that's something we'll have to monitor in practice this week. But really it's just Amara St. Brown and uh, you know, not a ton of, not a ton of weapons there offensively for Derek Goff. And you know, Goff is a quarterback that I think when everything is around him, he can be a pretty decent player. Um, But again, you need so much to happen, right? He needs his full allotment of talent and he hasn't really had that. And so, I think that's kind of led to some issues offensively too, but um, you know, we'll see if Josh Jones gets back and you have Aaron Ross and Brown, they're kind of using their tight ends a little bit more too. Um, they have a rookie guy, James Mitchell that they like a lot. So if they can get some of those guys involved and have a little bit more talent, maybe Swift gets some more touches this week and is a little bit more removed from those injuries. I think they can get a little bit closer to how they're playing at the beginning of the season, but they've definitely tailed off since then.
2: One of the storylines here, you mentioned the Hawkinson trade. Um, Is, well, they traded Roquan Smith and they traded Robert Quinn. And that's that that was felt emotionally in the Bears locker room. It's It sends a weird message for, I think we all know the Bears are rebuilding, but players want to win now. That's all they care about is this week's matchup, this week's opponent. How was the Hawkinson trade handled uh, in the Lions locker room? Because here's a young, talented tight end. First round pick, right? Traded within the division to the Vikings.
1: Yeah. I was curious to see how that would go down. And, you know, I think Jared Goff was kind of upset. You know, those two were pretty close and that's a guy that he trusts out on the field. And especially with all the injuries at wide receiver, they've had this year, like Hawkinson was like the one constant in that offense. And so when you take him away in a year that's already filled with pressure for Jared Goff with all these, you know, questions about drafting a quarterback and things like that, I think he was a little understandably frustrated when we talked to him. Um, But other than him, like you, you go around the locker room and guys are like, look, we understand it's a business. Like, Brad Holmes came out and said it after the trade. We're still in the build phase. We're a year and a half into this rebuild. Um, You know, I think they understood that Hawkinson's a good player, not one that this regime drafted. Um, So I think when you're trying to talk about keeping him long-term, you have to understand. um, I think they didn't, you know, his run blocking is average at best, um, maybe a little bit below average. Um, And, he, you know, he can kind of disappear in games at times. So if you're going to pay a tight end big money, which is what he's going to command in an open market, you have to make sure that he's one of those guys. and I, I think he's a step below you know, the Kelseys, um, you know, the Kittles of the world. And so I don't think they're in a position right now just where they're rebuilding to kind of pay a tight end like that. It's kind of a luxury for them right now. So they were able to get some picks. It was more of a pick swap. They moved up a little bit there. Um, so I think it was a good trade for both teams. Like The Vikings are going to use him. I think he had like nine catches for 70-something yards in this debut with them. So I thought it was a good trade for both, both teams, but the Lions understand it's a business. They're still rebuilding. So I don't think there were a ton of – Hard feelings about how it went down.
3: What's the uh, what's the ledger on the Vikings Lions trades now? Because they they uh, <laughs> they also pulled off the draft day trades too.
1: Yeah, and I, f- I had some fans saying, "Oh, why would you trade Hawkinson to a division rival?" I'm like, I mean, if you don't trade with the Vikings a few months early, you don't get James and Williams. So, like, I, I don't really think that that's a thing that teams should be thinking about, unless it's like a franchise quarterback. You don't want to trade Aaron Rodgers to the. Lions, or something, you know, like that's probably not going to happen. But um, these little trades in the division, I don't really see it as a big deal. Like TJ Hawkinson, he's got till the end of 2023 with his current contract, and then he could walk as a free agent. You know, who knows what happens there? He doesn't have to stay in Minnesota long term. So you have a chance to make a trade and, and kind of improve your roster and your future, get some assets. I think you got to do it more often than not.
2: One more before we ask you for your pick. Their first rounder this year, Agent Hutchinson, we just talked about him with the interception. On Aaron Rodgers, what are the bears? What should they be concerned about when he takes the field on Sunday?
1: Yeah. You know, the thing with Hutchinson, he's been a little inconsistent. Like all the sacks have kind of come in in bunches there. He had three against the commanders in week two. Um, He had one and a half a few weeks later. So he's got four and a half on the season. That's kind of where they all came from. Um, But I do like how they're using Hutchinson a little bit more of late Um, before they were kind of having him, you know, down in three point stance. Now he's kind of in a two point stance, stand up edge which is what he did in college. So when he's rushing off the edge, stand up, he said that helps his vision. He can see everything a little bit more, helps him like see the entire field versus just, you know, a tackle in his face. Um, So I think that is just something that the Lions have done on their end to kind of get the most out of him. Um, I think that helped him on the, on the interception where he was able to kind of stand up and read that one. So that's something I would look for with him. I think he's still kind of coming along as a pass rusher and, you know, developing his, his rush package and things like that. But um, you know, I'm not sure like, seems like the Bears' offensive line is still kind of shaky in pass protection. Um, I'm not really sure the Lions can generate a ton of pressure. Like the Aaron Glenn likes to blitz a lot. I think they have one of the highest blitz rates in the league, but they're not always getting home with sacks and things like that. So um, maybe that's a bit of a wash mashup, but uh, Aaron, Aiden Hutchinson is going to have his opportunities, I think, against against this Bears' offensive line.
3: So who are you going with in this game?
1: Ooh, That's a tough one because Dan Campbell has yet to win a road game. Uh, a year and a half in his career. And I I do like the way Justin Fields is playing right now. So I would lean bears. I I do think this is gettable for the Lions if some things go right. But I also just don't think DeAndre Swift is healthy enough to get his full workload and some issues offensively. And I just don't think the Lions' defense will be able to stop Justin Fields on the ground. So I would go bears. I don't know if I, I don't even know what the, the line is for this game or anything like that, but I don't know. This feels like a, 27 21 game i'll go with that okay okay
2: the bears yeah. are favored by three okay figures the, the old home field advantage yeah. spread yeah there you go
3: makes sense all right Colton, we appreciate the insight really good stuff uh and our listeners you should be following him on twitter at colton underscore Pouncy this weekend for uh everything on the lion's side of things thanks man appreciate it
1: yeah thanks for having me guys see you all Sunday.
0: Right.
2: businesses use LinkedIn for hiring post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Adam that's linkedin.com slash Adam to post your job for free terms and conditions apply all right
3: thanks to Colton for that great insight on the Lions and again make sure you're following his work uh, next few days leading up to the game and also on Sunday obviously for the Detroit side of things should we get in our three big questions John's sure
2: let's go Number one, how different will Chase Claypool's role in the Bears offense look this week as opposed to his first game? Well, I was actually surprised at how many different things he did last week. But he still played less than half the offensive snaps. What, they were on the field for 74, and he was in the 20s? Something like that? So that's what I was going to say. I don't know if it'll look different. I just think
3: it'll be more of him. Does that make sense? More,
2: More playing time.
3: Yeah, I mean, because they already used they used them on goes, they used them on end rounds. Um, you know. So they, he they tried to bubble to him, you know. They did a few different things with them.
2: Yeah, yeah, they did some good things. They um. So he talked in the locker room yesterday. Today is Thursday. He talked in the locker room on Wednesday, and he it, it was interesting. He was on the field for some plays that he shouldn't have been in. So if you saw him being corrected in terms of where his place is supposed to be that's because he had no idea where his place was supposed to be <laughs> cuz <Because laughs> he, he admitted it um i forget which receiver he said got banged up a little bit but he was sent in or he was he just ran out of the field guy wants to play and he didn't know what he was supposed to do and he he laughed about it he goes i had no idea what the heck i was supposed to do <laughs> <And> those players <laughs> are telling that me but now he knows justin fields yesterday said this is wednesday that Chase just learned our second cadence. So so that's how many new things are being thrown at Chase Claypool. It sounds so easy, throwing this big receiver, throwing the ball, but there is so much more to it. I think you're going to see a different comfort level, even just in terms of his relaxation. Not feeling so hectic or like, I got to do everything all at once because now it's the second week. The whirlwind week that he had last week is, is now behind him.
3: Yeah, I don't really excuse drops for wide receivers, but you kind of understand why that one that went right through his head, hands. There's a lot going on there for yeah. him in a whirlwind week. And not surprising to hear him sort of admit that he didn't really know what was going on because, you know, it, it it's actually harder for them to just understand where they're supposed to line up than rather once they know what route to run. I mean, these guys are NFL wide receivers. They can figure that part out. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's more so of like in the offense, where do I line up? What motion am I supposed to do? That's why I was actually surprised they had him in motion a few times. like that, that actually impressed me.
2: I like that, too, just in terms of trying to get the read on the defense. Big target, moving around. One more interesting note from Chase Claypool's availability yesterday is he was explaining how Luke Getzi, the routes that he wants the Bears to run, there are certain variations to them, and he loves it. Absolutely loves what Luke gets. wants from his receivers in terms of variations, uh, within those route concepts. So interesting point from him. Yes. All right. Number two, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the highest, no more one to five for you. Cause you hated that one to 10, 10. The highest. Yeah, this is better. One to 10. <laughs> How would you rate your faith in the bears defense this week to stop Jared Goff?
3: Um, uh two. <laughs> and I would go one if I had more faith in the Lions offense. I mean, it's bad right now, Johns. They're bad. Just call it what it is. And and I and, and and you know, we had this discussion on the CHGO show yesterday. I just I, I don't I realize that they lost a lot of talent shouldn't the hits philosophy and the scheme and the fact that this is a
2: defensive head coach be covering up some of that? Well, they were bad with those guys, right? With the talent, with Roquan Smith, with Robert Quinn, Robert Quinn had one sack when he was here. He was getting double teamed a lot because they could do that because the other pass rushers didn't require attention. They were bad before that, but I get your point. I think you see some of the coaching come in later in games. Like, they get off the field in the fourth quarter against the Dolphins. They started to blitz more. But why does it take so long sometimes? Because they don't like to do it. I know. But the guys up front can't do it without it. Right? And
3: and if your secondary is your strength, you just got to lean on them a little bit more. Yeah. Say, hey, look, we're going to send an extra rusher. You got to cover. But we also ask sometimes I feel like give the secondary too much credit. I like they got like Jalen Ramsey running around out there. I, I like Jalen Johnson a lot, but he can't do it all by himself. Those, The reality is with Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker right now, like I like both players. Both players are doing all right, but it, it's still been a little bit of a roller coaster. Well, it's like within things.
2: drives I'm talking about. Yeah. So, and you know what though? Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle will do that to players.
3: Yes. And that's what I keep coming back to in this matchup because those guys will not be running around out there. They're not on the field. They're
2: not in the same state this week. No. Um, I kind of want to change my third question. I'm, I'm going to give it to you, but I'm going to maybe give you a 3B. Whoa. Based, based off our conversation with Colton. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest, how excited should Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus be about what's happening offensively, specifically with Justin Fields? And when thinking, about the long term,
3: yeah, I'm I'm going to go into another nine, and the only reason it's not ten is because you know defenses here are going to start adjusting, and you know it's. I think that's really going to be the key. Is like, what does it look like when defenses really come down on fields run running? You know, can he can he complete the downfield throws consistently? Can he take advantage of the other things that are there? And I think yes. I think the answer to that question is yes, but you're still going to have to see it coming up here. And I don't know if it's going to be this week, but in future weeks. So that's the only reason why I don't go 10, but I think you should be very, very excited.
2: Matt Eberflus had an interesting answer yesterday that it was about the man coverage that the bears are seeing in Justin Fields success against that man coverage. And he basically indicated, suggested that the reason they're seeing so much of it now is because of Justin Fields, the runner. How, in order to stop that, they need to keep like a linebacker, spy, or something like that. And that requires some form of man coverage because you're taking a potential zone guy and putting him specifically on the quarterback. Watching YouTube, I got a lot of hand motions going on, but (laughs) you, you get the point. I don't think there's, at least in this week, just like last week, Justin Fields will look at the tape, and he'll say, I'm faster than these guys. I can gain an edge on this guy. I can hold the ball a little bit longer and step up, and then I can run around this this spy on me because he's going to scout. And the, and that's the thing. It's if the he way.
3: does, the all the guys are in man coverage running downfield with their back turned to him. It's a 20-yard gain.
2: Yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw some scramble and then shots. Kind of going back. Let's not forget he did that in week one against the 49ers. That's where some of the biggest plays came. Mm -hmm. Breakdown in coverages, finding the open guy. I think that's coming. Chase Claypool thinks that's coming. So 3B would be this. this. This is the 3B question. How envious do you think the Lions are of the Bears quarterback situation? You talk about inheriting certain players. They just traded TJ Hawkinson from the previous regime, this bears regime inherited a quarterback in Justin Fields. Like think about all these new programs out there, these new coaching regimes and what they inherit and how they try to rebuild. Like how envious do you think they are of what the bears have now in Justin Fields?
3: Yeah. I'm still shocked that they didn't draft fields or a different or one of the quarterbacks last year. I, I, I know they got Jared Goff in that trade, but it always seemed like it was more of a, Taking on, it was almost like an NBA trade where you take on a bad contract to get (laughs) more in return, and the Brock I I Swaller trade. Didn't that happen in the NFL? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was that where like they pretty much gave that one was extreme though because they they actually gave up draft capital to get his contract away. This was more of a like we got to even up the contracts because Matt Matthew Stafford's coming in. But regardless. You know, they said they kept saying, uh, oh, we actually like Jared Goff. Like, we this is our guy." Blah, blah. I'm like, I don't believe you. You're going to draft a quarterback, and you should draft a quarterback. Even if you like Jared Goff, you should draft one of these quarterbacks. And they didn't. They drafted Penny Sewell, who's a good player. But don't you think they wish they had Justin Fields right now? Yeah,
2: I think a lot of teams do, and they could have had him. That I mean, that's a lot of teams could have had him. Yeah, a lot of teams,
3: Panthers, Broncos,
2: Packers. Goes on and on. I did something different for over-unders this week, Adam. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but I, I feel did feel uh this, was, this has me excited. We got some good ones here. I don't know if you want to run through them fast, but some of them do make for some good conversation. This, I, I love this one. This is from Kelly on Twitter. The number of times the Lions do Lions things. Turnover on a key drive. Dumb penalties. A bad field goal. On and on and on. She sets it at one and a half. I want to change this to two and a half.
3: Because the Lions
2: are the Lions. We're talking about like a good drive and then there's a fumble. Uh, You you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, a bad penalty. Yes. Um. A turnover on special teams type stuff. Because the Lions are the Lions.
3: Yeah, so we're sending a two and a half. We're adjusting. Uh, her Twitter handle, by the way, is at bearing down girl. Um, I'm gonna go over three. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm I'm gonna say they hit at least three. Cause cause they are the lions. Okay, I like that too.
2: Because there's gonna be, <laughs> I'm sure they could say certain things about the bears as well, but. We've seen too many Lions games to know that the Lions have a specialty of doing very Lionsy things.
3: What yeah. else? Go ahead. I'm listening.
2: Ready? Yep. This is from Nate Flint. Uh, We've got a few of these uh, from Sniper. Someone else. There's another suggestion of this. I- I'm going to leave it at this one. Over, under, a kneecap, Dan Campbell, hard knocks references. Sniper has it at two and a half. I'm going to so- go under Wait, wait, time like, out. Clarify. Does this have to be the kneecap or just? Yes. Kneecap references. Because
3: those are two different things. The kneecap comment came from his introductory press conference. Okay, hard, okay. Knocks, right, hard
2: knocks right. is different. So let's clarify this one. Good point. Let's just do kneecap references. Okay. I set it at, we'll, we'll keep it at two and a half. That's fine. Yeah, I'll take I, the under. I'm going to go under because you might I've, get one or two. I think we've already passed the kneecap thing. No, you'll get one. You'll get like one where there's like a low tackle and someone will make like, of course, there's going to be a joke about it. It's too easy. Has anyone actually tried to bite a kneecap yet? (laughs) Like (laughs) one of the Twitter suggestions was actually, you know, bitten kneecaps, but it's kind of hard to do that with the helmet.
3: Well, and they have knee pads. I'm just, but I wouldn't put it to pass the lions for literally trying to chew through one of those pads and. And then that would double up because that would also count as the as one of the Lions' things to do. Yes,
2: you know. All right, this is
3: from Brian from Corporate.
2: Sort of leaving out the the Twitter handles here, but Brian from Corporate knows who he is. The over under on the use of this is, was this a character in Office in the Office? <laughs> <laughs>
3: like, yes. yes. Is Brian from Corporate? With
2: your over-unders for today. Online too, Brian from Corporate online too electrifying electric references using those words. Like that's an electric runner. That's Justin Fields is electrifying when describing what he does. Okay. Um, Two and a half. I'm going to go under as well. I think you maybe get one or two of those. Yeah, I'll say under same thing. I think there'll be other
3: adjectives that can be used though. Cause I think there'll be over two. I think there will be over two and a half plays that are electric. But they'll find other ways to
2: describe them. I like that one though. I'm gonna say one. Yeah. Right. One of those. All right. Speaking of that, from Sam Burns, over under on Justin Fields rushing yards, 60 and a half. It's a good number. Is this the actual number? Oh, is it? Let me let me see if I can find that real quick.
3: Um, because we've been having this discussion, you know, essentially how how high does this number have to go for you to bet the under right um blah, blah, blah. the official number at least according to draftkings is over 58 and a half the over under is 58 and a half so pretty close to 60 60 and a half there so over last week the- this number was at 49 and a half
2: <sighs> way over. Do you know what he's averaging over the past six games? I have this number. Uh is it I'm gonna say it's over fifty-eight and a half. Yes, it is sixty-five point eight yards per game. And that includes pre mini bye week games because everyone knows some adjustments were made where more design runs came after that. So
3: wait, that's always that's his average on the whole season? No, over the past six games. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, I think the smart play is to take the over until it's proven wrong. Especially in this matchup. Yes. And by the way, the juice on the over is a lot. It's minus 135. If you take the under, it's plus 105. So, I mean, they're telling you it's probably going to go over.
2: Okay. I thought I, more, I thought I had one more staff for you. Anyway. One more. Two okay. more. From Thomas Geyer. Over, under, and pancake blocks from Tevin Jenkins. One and a half. I'm going over. He gives you at least two to, two per game. Yeah, I think this, this is an over, too. Braxton Jones
3: had one the other day. His yeah. was more of like a... Well, your notes here say swimming, but Braxton kind of did like a surf. He was like this after he... He jumped on him like the paddle board. No, he didn't even like Pat. He just put his arms out and was like almost like almost like he was flying.
2: Kind of like Justin Fields sliding in the end zone in the rain. I like that. They should do those with more little. Not like that one guy in college who did the full. Yeah. Hump move. Don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's the hump move.
3: I mean, that's possibly illegal. Kind of like what that defensive back did to Chase Claypool on the P.I.
2: Or what Mac Jones mean, did to <laughs> Jaquan Brisker.
3: Oh, well, that, yeah, that's, I mean, that's just crossing the line. I'm just saying that, like, the DB on the Dolphins was spooning Claypool and didn't it, get the PI call. I don't know. He did the Leo move from Titanic. Yeah. Credit Kevin Kaduk. He put that out there on Twitter did right he? away. I, I oh, that, yeah. He yeah. photoshopped it right into the Titanic. <laughs> it was out there, like, he did that by, like, 310. It was
2: amazing. On Sunday. That's, that's like one of those songs like you just see that and you can hear the song in your head yeah. you can't like mimic the song I can't do that but you hear it in your head yeah when Chase Claypool is getting spooned by a <laughs> Dolphins defender alright last one from JD Brown over under on Fields Hutchinson references about Michigan Ohio State one and a half they'll be uh I'm gonna say two.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna say two because I think they'll set that up early in the game. And then I cool? do think I do think Hutchinson gets a sack on Fields in this game. And then the, that'll be the automatic. And the Michigan guy gets the buckeye. The Wolverine takes down the buckeye. Yeah.
2: Number two versus number three. They're gonna talk about that game a little bit. Oh. It'll be something like that. I'm going over. And I hate both schools, so <laughs> that's it. But thank you to, to everybody for uh, putting those in Twitter. I'll do that again. I like that. They, they were better than usually what I give. That's great. All right. Let's uh,
3: do this. Bold predictions. Um. Well, we know what you are not allowed to pick this week. <laughs> so let's keep that going. Am I allowed to do it?
2: I think so. It's not bold anymore, though. No, it's not. It's not bold anymore. So I, I put out this piece today. They asked for predictions at The Athletic, so I gave them 10. And this was with some inspiration from John Greenberg. My f- You gave f- him 10 predictions for this game? No, for the rest of the season. Oh, bold okay. predictions for the rest of the season. And number four, with some help from John Greenberg, this is how I worded it. Tight end Cole Komet will win you, yes, you, maybe Adam Hogue, a fantasy football championship. Wow.
3: So you're saying that me going back on the waiver wire this week and picking him up was a good move. If I caught that, that dude like week three.
2: If you're in PPR and you like red zone scores.
3: Well, yeah, I like those things. He's
2: a good yeah. little option there. Okay. Um, my bold
3: prediction, though, is actually going to be a Chase Claypool touchdown. Oh, I was going there. Um, And I'm not specifying whether he catches in or runs it in.
2: He will account for a touchdown in any time touchdown. I got one for you. Jalen Johnson interception. Oh. That would require the Bears to take the ball away. That is correct. That's how it works. Yeah. Very good. This has been a while. I forgot what that's that's like. That's how it works. They're still plus one on the season in turnover differential.
3: I know. It just feels like it's. I mean, that's been the huge... defense is
2: bad. The front seven is just no good. Yeah.
3: All right. Um. As we get to our picks, you missed a hot week of action last week. John's I went five, zero and one. Wow. You're closing in on me in picks. You are not here. You did give us your bears pick and you were correct. So you went one and oh. Um, on the season. Fishbane, by the way, went oh and one. Because he had the dolphins covering. Um, the uh on the season, I am now 28 and 20 for 58 percent, which I will take. You, my friend, are 29 and 15. 66 wow. percent. I'm hot, baby. I'm hot. I mean, that's pretty good. It's it's so funny how little thank you again, Nick Villarreal, who sends these to us every week and keeps track of this because I think on our post game show Sunday, I was like, like making fun of myself for getting all these picks wrong. And in reality, I went five Oh and one that shows you how little I actually even pay attention to.
2: But now Kenton's going to help verify this too. This, this is another bet we're making. Yeah, I guess so. Well,
3: how come you get like a 15 game head start though? (laughs) I don't know. Take take a, take a podcast off. (laughs) That doesn't seem fair. All right. um, We,
2: uh, well, I guess we got to start with the lions and bears. What do you got? I got bears, 30 lions, 23, uh, bears have, well, they are averaging more than 30 points per game. I don't know if you're going to see it this one. I, I don't know why I don't have a good answer on that, but I think you see the bears control the clock. You move the ball. Well, just Fields field scrambles and they put up 30 points again. Well, the defense has some problems, but they make enough plays. Jalen Johnson included 30, 23 bears.
3: Yeah, I think the points continue. I'll say uh I'll say Bears 33, Lions 24. Bears 33, Lions 24. And uh, I think the Bears cover. Yep. Bears
2: I also think it's green. a
3: game that the Bears are kind of in control of the whole time.
2: I I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a Patriots like performance from the Bears. I'll say yeah. that. Okay, where they just physically dominate the Lions. Roquan was pretty good in that game, though. I know, I know. I think Jack Sanborn was bad, or at least not too bad, against the the Dolphins. Sanborn season, baby. But I, I think the... To your Roquan point, I would say that the Lions are an inferior opponent compared to the Patriots, and they're not at home.
3: Okay. Bears. Buy me some penis
2: and cracker jam Still the best. Okay. Uh <laughs> I, I love that he like recognized it at some point too. That's, yeah. yeah. I, I always want to give Matt credit. Matt Matt, Matt Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy credit for acknowledging his penis singing. Yes.
0: <laughs> his penis singing.
2: That's one way to put it.
0: That's not cliche talk. That's real talk. That is res- real talk. I respect that.
3: I do. Okay. <laughs> penis singing Uh, Sunday morning if you wake up bright and early uh, NFL Network 830 a.m. kickoff in the central time zone the Seattle Seahawks are playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Munich Germany kind of a cool matchup as the NFL continues to spread uh, beyond just the UK with other international games this is a 730 kickoff for me Johns I'm gonna be in Colorado really early and
2: um, sure why not I look forward to the day that we're covering a game in Spain my friend yeah so
3: um, I should give these guys a shout out Antonio Contreras is the one that got the tickets and the uh, tailgate package last week they do did I already mention this they do a podcast for Spanish speaking listeners yes um, which is really cool because there's a lot of Spanish-speaking Bears fans, obviously, out there, and uh, you know, John's and I don't speak Spanish. Took a Spanish in high school, I took that, that doesn't that doesn't really help you uh, if you want to hear about Bears talking Spanish. So they do. Um, I'm trying to find it. It's like uh, anyway. Regardless, he was find telling it. me because he came out to the tailgate. And he was telling me, because remember, the Dolphins are the other team in Spain. So the Bears and the Dolphins are the two teams that, you know, in the game of risk that the NFL did, where they like just awarded teams countries. (laughs) I like that. Um, There was a huge tailgate apparently in Barcelona last week with the Bears and the Dolphins, like an official NFL, like event with those two teams playing each other, which makes a lot of sense. And I was like, what a missed opportunity. We could have gone
2: out there for that and done we could have done the show from there. Yeah. CHGO. I would have gone to that pie. I would have gone to, 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 to that tailgate. Oh,
3: you, you won't come to Roosevelt in Michigan. <laughs> but you yeah. Barcelona, sign me
2: up. I'm in, baby. Sorry, soccer game kid. Sorry oh, yeah. I'm going to Spain.
3: That would have been sweet. That would have been
2: awesome. But yes. Next let's year, see. let's do it. NFL.
3: Let's uh let's communicate a little bit more. People, I didn't even know that was going on. You know what I mean? You know what else I didn't know was going on? A curling bar opened up right down the street from CHGO yesterday. Team Schuster, the USA gold medalists were there. Did anybody tell me? No. 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 I don't know. Trying to promote something. Wouldn't you you tell the only guy who cares about curling in this
2: entire city? (laughs) Yeah. I still want to try that one day. We gotta go do it. Uh now it's nearby. Uh anyway, I'm God, taking I, the I'm taking the Seahawks. Me too. I can't believe the
3: Bucs are even favored in this game. They're just a mess right now. Yeah. They, they, they get that win last week against the Rams. They
2: should not have won that game. The Rams are a mess too. God, this is Geno for real. He
3: kind of seems like he's for real.
2: The dude's completing like 95% of his passes. I'm exaggerating, but it's close to like 70.
3: Yeah. Um, I'm 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 tempted to even lock that up.
2: Oh, lock me up for the Bears, by the way. Oh, you better lock it up. You better lock it up.
0: No, you, you lock it up. Lock it up. Confidence. Lock it up.
3: Yeah, I'll save that. But I do like the Seahawks. All right. Uh, next one. That question does not make no sense. Fox noon. Vikings at Bills. Bills are five point favorite.
2: The Josh Allen thing is. Concerning. Was he hurt? If Josh Allen plays, I'm taking the Bills by a touchdown. I think it's a good game. but the Bills by a touchdown. Anything the Bills could do to keep Kirk Cousins' shirt on.
3: Yeah, that was too much, man.
2: Then you had Adam Schefter taking off his shirt. That was way too much. Too much skin?
3: Just just settle down, Shafty. We don't need to see that. Uh I'm gonna assume here that the Bills are okay. I am gonna put a quality if Josh Allen plays. I got the Bills covering. If he doesn't play, I'm taking the Vikings. Okay. I'll gonna do the same. So Nick. Yeah. I think that's fair. No thing. I also think that this would be off the board if there's real concern that Josh Allen wasn't gonna play. You start talking about UCLs though in the elbow. Come on now. That's scary. Not good. That's not. That's that's. It's uh, not great. I think we gotta um, come out hard and stay hard. CBS three oh five Colts at Raiders. The Raiders are a six point favorite. Give me the Raiders.
2: What a disaster yes. in Indy right now. I just wanted to put i, I put this on specifically because it's the Colts. Matty Rufus came from the Colts, and what a mess! What a mess! I'm taking the Raiders. By a touchdown, Jeff Saturday, I get that his speech like fired everybody up yesterday. It's being shared all over social media now. But come on. Come on. Come on.
3: (laughs) Really? They're on their third offensive play caller in three weeks. The backup quarterback's coach is calling plays. Why isn't Matt Ryan playing? Because like, he got benched. I know he was banged up. It, 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 actually, I don't even care. Matt Ryan or Nick Foles. If I had walked in there this week as the new head coach, I would have said, okay, but uh, Sam Ellinger, okay, nice guy. Go sit over there now. I'm going to go have an NFL quarterback play this NFL football game now.
2: Well, what are we doing? Well, Jim Irsay wants the kid to play. and, and, and Well, who's and say- running the team? Jim are there's no way Chris Ballard is hiring Jeff Saturday off television to coach his team. (laughs) Obviously I think it's, you know, for all the praise that Chris Ballard gets, I think the one lesson here, great evaluator, great communicator at the end of the day, quarterbacks, sorry, GMs have to be judged by their quarterback decisions. Yeah, at some point, if you're rebuilding a team, you have to draft one. You just do. You can't go from quarterback to quarterback to quarterback. I get that the Andrew Luck decision surprised everyone. But eventually, you have to find his replacement. And the best way to do that is through the draft. That's how GMs should be defined.
3: Agreed. And there's obviously some other issues going on there, too. So, yeah. Um, Great. most notably the owner. However, Jim Irsay uh is the only one who came out and said the obvious things that needed to be said about Dan Snyder. So I give him a lot of credit for that, and that back them in the corner where they are looks like they're selling the team, and uh, so respect to Jim Irsay for that. I don't want that. All this other stuff. I just I don't see from a football perspective how that. Even though the Raiders suck, I mean the Raiders. Let's be honest, the Raiders suck. They've been a huge, colossal disappointment. And any other week or any other circumstance, they're not six point favorites here. Yeah, yeah. But a battle of disappointing teams. This is an. This is like, but it's so bad, and I actually want to watch it,
2: just to see what happens. Right. What's the quote from Batman? Some men just like to watch the world burn. Yes. Get one of those,
3: huh? I guess so. I, I guess so. In another yeah. f- oh, I love it. All right, Fox 325. Cowboys at Packers. Look at this. The Green Bay Packers. A
2: five-point home dog. I, I don't think I've ever picked a Packers game like this. It's Never. weird. It's weird it's to weird. see. Uh, I'm going to take the Cowboys. I am too. By 10. Wow. Yeah, I am, too. They're just. I'm not sure the free fall is over. I'm not sure. Dude, they're so banged up. Let's see if I can pull up a Packers injury Incl- report real quick. In- including including Aaron Rodgers. He's on the injury report as well.
3: Rodgers is on there,
2: too. I just said that. <laughs> I was repeating. I
3: was just repeating what you're saying. I was processing <laughs> yeah. what you were saying. <laughs> Uh, okay. We got David Bakhtiari knee did not practice. I'm not going to go through all these guys cause there's so many of them, but Devondre Campbell, DNP knee, Mason Crosby's limited with a back Romeo Dobbs. He's not going to play this week. He had that big ankle injury. Surprising. It wasn't worse. He's a DNB, uh, Rasool Douglas limited or Sean Gary's knee didn't practice. Elton Jenkins knee did not practice Aaron Jones limited with an ankle Alan Lazard shoulder limited Rogers is poor right thumb now is this going to be like his toe last year remember the toe come on please we we talked about the toe no, a
2: lot. I, 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 I they put the toe on YouTube
3: that's right now at least with a thumb you actually throw the ball so I can buy this one a little bit more the toe was uh, his tiny, his tiny toe, his poor little toe. John Runyon's knee. Preston Smith neck limited. That's not good. Eric Stokes ankle and knee. Sammy Watkins knee. Christian Watson concussion. Although he was actually a full participant that says so maybe he's fine. That's a lot of dudes, man. Yeah. Not good. Give me
2: so,
3: those cowboys. How about them, Cowboys? We are strong where we're strong right now, and we need to improve where we need to improve. Yeah. NBC uh 720. This is your uh this is your night. This is actually an intriguing game to me. Chargers at 49ers. The 49ers are seven-point favorite. Yeah, it's a big spread, right? It is. The 49ers get a lot of love. They, to me they of course sort of the chargers i honestly these are two of probably the most like weekly overhyped teams yeah too much love um i think I'm a, it's too high for me I'm gonna take the chargers to cover yeah.
2: i agree with you i agree I'm trying to look up the 49ers ranked 11th and opposing quarterback pass for rating um i mean they're a good defense Sure. I like what they like. The, the offense is what's really intriguing. What they could do with what, what Kyle Shanahan could do with Devo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. It's a good group of, of skilled players.
3: I mean, they're coming off their bye, the 49ers. They had that impressive win against the Rams, but they own the Rams in the regular season. Before that, they were losing games by 20 points to the Chiefs, 14 points to the Falcons. Now, it's a talented they, team. Well, they have Christian McCaffrey now and McCaffrey was really that. So that's probably the difference here. You give them a buy to really get Christian McCaffrey going in that, uh, in that offense. I, and, and I get it. So, um, and the, it's not like the Chargers are, I do think the 49ers win this game. Seven's just a little bit too much. If I was really trying to decide if I was betting on this game, I'd probably stay away from it though. Yeah, I
2: agree. So. 49ers by a field goal. Yeah.
3: All right. Saint Ignatius Wolfpack. Notre Minus Dame. two. What is a Don?
2: Gentleman of Mary. The hell does that mean? I feel like we're both, I feel like we're both gentlemen of Mary. Well, I'm the only official one. You could say what you want about yourself. Like Mary Mary from the Bible, Mo- or like Mo- Mary M-E-R-R-Y. Gentlemen, of- <laughs> I was thinking, like, gentlemen of Mary, like like, Mary. like, the, like the Mary men.
3: <laughs> yes, no, that's no. what I was
2: going for. No, no, like the mother of Jesus Christ, Mary. Okay, well then, who is a gentleman of Mary? A don.
3: But there's that I Yes, <laughs> I need to re- refresh my Bible.
2: Whatever. The the wolf pack. Yeah, according to the posters on. Edgy Tim's message boards, the, re- the the go-to source for high school football in Illinois, yeah. has you guys favored by two.
3: The random people on the message boards do? Yes, yes. But, oh, they've, done okay. it
2: all, but they've done it all year for Catholic League games, so I'm going with it. Okay.
3: <laughs> all right. If we're going to have a friendly wager on this, we're not doing a spread. Get out of here. <laughs> Who's winning the game? We're doing our Portillo's bet. Fine. Dons, of course. Yeah. I got yeah. the I got the You're wolf
2: picking, Yeah, yes, yeah. so of course we do. <laughs> over uh over one hundred and ten rushing yards for Vinny Rue guy. Oh you even know a kid by name. Okay. Yes.
3: <laughs> Get got the, the stud defensive offensive lineman who can pretty much go to any school he wants to in the entire country. Yeah.
2: Top rated player in the state of his class. Yeah. The the Dons have two twins, quarterback and a running back. The Richardis, who are very good. They have a big receiver, Howard Williams. Look at this. We got names. Yeah. I like the Dons. All right.
3: Now, I'm going to be at an important wedding
2: in Denver. Not
3: even Denver. Outside of Denver in Colorado. Um, I need you to text me updates. Okay. Okay. Because I'm not going to have the game. I'm not going to have
2: my... It's like I'm not going to have it on my phone. Because you could stream it on your phone. I probably can. You'll be tempted to.
3: Yeah, probably. Oh, there's the hour difference though. So three o'clock is actually two o'clock in Denver.
2: Okay. You can see a little bit of it. Yeah, maybe a little bit.
3: All right. Enjoy the game. Let me know uh let me know what's going on. And uh regardless, it's been a great season for both programs. Yes, it has. It's nice to see Notre Dame back in the playoffs. <laughs>
2: They won the prep bowl last year.
3: <laughs> I was I was just that wasn't a shot. <laughs> all right. Uh follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns and uh read us. I'm at all Johns, he's on the athletic, theathletic.com slash hogan johns. Zach Kiefer, by the way, has a great story you should read on everything that went down in Indy. The fact that they I'm sorry, but the fact that if Jeff Saturday had said no, Frank Reich still would have been the head coach is amazing to me.
2: Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't like
3: we're definitely firing this guy. Who should we have the interim? It was, we're only going to fire this guy if Jeff Saturday says yes.
2: Have you seen the clip from his press conference that's going viral right now? Where yeah, he's where like, he's like...
3: Calling like, people, don't, don't, bro. don't test me, bro. Yeah, which is fine. By the way, I like Jeff Saturday. I hope this works, but it's just sort of insane. Parachuting <laughs> into an NFL team mid-year, is just
2: the dude was literally on Twitter like the day before that, ripping the Raiders, who who he's about to face for the yeah yeah. First yeah. Game. Oh, there's a hilarious thing because he has uh
3: he has Devonte Adams on his fantasy team. <laughs> There's there was some tweet
2: I saw yesterday
3: where he has, yeah, he has like Devontae on his fantasy team.
2: Adam and- Schefter dressed like Kirk Cousins without a shirt wearing chains. Did his come on man bit basically on Jeff Saturday for ripping. Come on, man. The, the Raiders on, on Twitter. Now he's the head coach. I mean, this is how wild it is.
3: There's there's a Jeff Saturday tweet where he it says something's wrong with my fantasy stats. It says Devontae Adams has zero. Zero for the first half. So people were retweeting this. And they're like, well, it could be very suspicious if Devontae Adams sees a lot of single coverage this week.
2: <laughs> He's got a fantasy title to go away. Oh, that's hilarious. hilarious. As craziest as things have ever gotten here in Chicago. Wait a minute, by the way. So, Jeff Saturday probably has to
3: get rid of his fantasy team mid-year. How pissed would you be if you were in his fantasy league? Oh. <laughs> like, if oh. somebody dropped out of your league halfway through the year, that's bullshit.
2: <laughs> he's got to stay in. No, no, he's just hes going to tank. What's going on
1: here? Do your research.
2: All right.
3: Uh, we're out of here talk to you Sunday. Uh, I believe Kevin's filling in for me, so it'll be John's and Kevin post-game after the Bears and Lions, and uh, I'll talk to you guys on Tuesday of next week. Enjoy the game. See if the Bears uh, can get a victory. See if this Justin Fields hype continues. Enjoy it. Talk to you later.
2: Go Dons. Anyway, uh, who cares?